Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 235. Finding out a way to turn one-time customers into repeat customers is absolutely essential. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. Before we get into the show, I have a question for you. How'd your day go yesterday? Maybe a crazy question, I know. And yes, you heard me right. If you were to rate yesterday, how much did you get done? How far did you advance toward your goal? Or maybe in your mind you're saying, what goal? Many of you have told me you aren't sure whether what you're doing is the right thing for your business. You're confused that you may be focusing on the wrong things and wasting time and money. And you compare yourself to others and feel like you're just not keeping up. Sound familiar? Maybe you find that you're busy all day long, but when you finish up, you haven't accomplished much of anything at all. I've been there too, until I started working with what I now call the power of purpose. I made a free video for you that explains how to boost your productivity and get results using the power of your purpose. Isn't it time to make all the effort that you put into your business and your life do for you what you've intended? Now, full disclosure, This video does lead into showing you my brand new Inspired Daily Planner. But listen, you don't need the Inspired Planner to get all the advantages out of the power of purpose that I show you in this video. So if you're interested in discovering a new way to work through your days so your time is intentional and your results are real, I encourage you to go over and watch this video. And you can find it at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash planner. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash planner. I'm excited to bring you today's show because it addresses two important topics with some interesting twists on how to grow your business. So I want you to keep an open mind and put your innovative, creative thinking cap on while we talk. First, we're going to hit on the most important moment in your customer's journey. Now, you may think that's the point of purchase. You know, the transition between someone being a looker and turning into a customer because they've now exchanged money and given you dollars for your product. But that's not it. You'll find out where the most important juncture is and how you can capitalize on it. Secondly, we'll talk about how to extend your money-making opportunities. Now, for all of us, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers, let's face it, when you sell more, you've just given yourself or your team more work because you have to make more product and fill all the orders. But what if there was an easier way to scale your business that still relates to your product but doesn't increase production or sales fulfillment time? Sound good? Have I piqued your interest? Then let's dive into the show. 
guest is Marisa Murgatroyd, the founder of Live Your Message and creator of the Experience Product Masterclass, where she helps people who teach online programs get better results for their students faster. Marisa launched her career as an artist who built a mid-seven-figure online business despite being told that she had no marketable skills. Since then, she's shown over 5,000 students how to succeed online, and she's here today to share a few secrets with us. Marisa, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so stoked to be here because my roots are as an artist. And so there's a huge part of my past and my heart with your audience. I love it. And you know what? It's a really perfect fit because this is a concept that I've really been wanting to approach with everybody. And you've entered into the picture. So I know we're going to get into some great conversation. But I have to stick with tradition. And I always start off by having you share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself by describing a motivational candle that would match you and your personality. So if you were to describe a candle by color and quote, what would it look like? Mm, love that. So I have to go with the traditional white candle. And I know it sounds boring, but white is all the colors of the spectrum combined. And our house is very modern, and there's a lot of whites, blacks, grays, and then splashes of turquoise. So I could say let's go for a turquoise candle, but I'd want to go for white because it's able to accentuate everything else in the space. And I would probably, instead of going for color, going for an incredible smell. I love citrus, Japanese citrus, like a yuzu scent. So it's a little bit exhilarating and fresh to go with the white candle. And I would say the quote on the candle is my all-time favorite quote by Zig Ziglar, who's the late great motivational speaker. And it's actually a core value and philosophy behind my business as well, and also behind what I'll be talking about today. And that is, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And it's so interesting because it's easy as a business owner to lead with what you want to give and what you want to sell. But when you start to shift your perspective to what people want to receive and what's going to really support them in getting what they want in life, I think it changes the game of business in a very unique way. I think that can really resonate with everybody here, too, because just by nature of the fact that we're creators and makers, that's giving, right? Giving of yourself and your talents and your creative skills to others. So falls right in line. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm really curious. I'd love for you to share how you got your start and specifically an artist. So that piques my curiosity. Share with us. Yeah. Well, you know, my first career was as a documentary filmmaker. So I graduated from art school. I went to the Royal College of Art in London with a degree in communication, art and design. And I got back to L.A. and started exploring film. And I was seven years as a documentary filmmaker and producer, and it was working for someone else. I was actually a hired gun. So I was a hired producer, hired director. And I loved the work, but I didn't always love the job. And I definitely didn't always love the boss. And one day I was up against a deadline to just finish a project and get it into production, DVD production, all of that. So I was working in my office on my laptop. Boss walks in about one o'clock in the afternoon. I'd already been there for maybe four hours. It says, oh, I forgot my power cable. Can I have yours? And I said, well, no, I kind of need it. My computer wasn't plugged in and we're up against this deadline to get the film to DVD production. And she proceeded to say, well, Marisa, that laptop you're working on, I own that laptop and that power cord. I own that too. So give me the power. No. 
Yes. And the funny thing was, as we had an office full of production assistants, she could have asked somebody else. But in that moment, she needed my power cable, even if it would have thrown the entire project off. Did she know the situation? She knew the situation, but she wanted my power cord in that particular moment. And what she didn't say, but she might as well have said is, Marisa, I own you. And I had this realization that I'd spent the last three years working with her, building her business, building her bottom line, building her profitability. And at the end of the day, I was taking home a thousand bucks a week and that was it. If I didn't work, I didn't get paid. And I just started to realize, what am I doing? I've got so much skills and so much creativity. Why am I giving it to this person who doesn't necessarily appreciate it? And that started me down a spiral of asking, what could I do? And to be honest, as an artist, I did not have a good answer. The only thing I could come up with is I know how to make things look good and sound good and tell a damn good story, but who's going to pay me for that? And as an artist who is used to kind of scrounging around to make a living and being kind of undervalued and underappreciated, I didn't realize that those skills of making things look good, sound good and telling good stories was the basis of all business and marketing. So sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And the same skills that you've been developing over a lifetime can be used in an entirely different context and have a lot more value than where you're currently using them. And that's what I discovered. And that kind of set me down my path to start building an online business. Did you ever think what your life would be like if that moment wouldn't have happened? No, sometimes you've got to be grateful for the bits and apples in your life. teach <laughs> <laughs> you valuable lessons. Agreed. I love that because so often it's a moment in time that just flips the switch and opens your mind to different things, just like you're describing. Absolutely. I am so grateful for that moment and so grateful for many of the other tough lessons. Probably not in the moment, though. No. (laughs) Like probably not right at that time. (laughs) No, but retrospectively, yes. Yes, yes. So what happened next? Well, what happened is I just started to ask myself, well, where else could I work? And I just started to think that maybe somewhere at the intersection of the internet and entrepreneurship, And that's about all the clarity that I had. I didn't know that this whole online education world existed. You know, I didn't know what I could do. So I actually started down the path of creating a branding and web design agency. And we still have that branding and web design agency, which was a great use of my creative and my artistic skills. And from there, I started to realize that what I'd done, other people want to know how to do. And I started teaching people how to do what I was doing in my business. And that side started to grow and grow and grow and grow. And at first I thought, well, who would want to learn from me? And it was so interesting because I have so much value to share and I didn't even realize who would want to learn from me. But like a lot of people who get started teaching other people, all I knew was what I knew as an expert. And I didn't understand how to be a good facilitator, how to get the same results for somebody else that I may have been able to get for myself. And so I remember creating my very first online program and pouring everything that I had into that program. And then watching people get stuck and get frustrated and a lot of them give up. And what I didn't know at the time is that it's a dirty secret of the online education world that up to 97% of people who buy products don't consume those products and get the results that were promised. And I remember going to a friend, a colleague and saying, you know, is this normal for people to not finish? And she told me, well, maybe some people just aren't meant to succeed. 
And I was like, ouch, that doesn't feel right. I believe that everybody is meant to be successful if they have the right circumstances, the right training, the right tools that they need to be a success. And so from that point on, I got really obsessed with figuring out how do I create a game people can win? How can I stack the odds in favor of my students, clients, and customers so they can get huge results and get so excited about their life goals, as excited about their life goals as they are about, say, surfing Facebook or Instagram? And excited about busting through their challenges, too, and getting what they actually want. Yeah, I have so many questions for you right here. I'm trying to decide which way I'm going to go. But first, there's so many online courses now, just as you're talking about. And you're right. I mean, I see this all the time. A lot of people will buy courses. A lot of them don't complete them, which I think is where you're going. And so your skill is how do you make them interesting, exciting, fascinating, and produce the result that they initially bought the course for, right? We're going to get into that. But that is a way of positioning what you do, unlike I've heard before. So I just want to clarify first that I'm on the right track, right? Yes, you are on the right track. And I did want to say that these series of principles can also be used to engage people around physical products, especially if you're selling something that's not just a one-off. If you're selling something where you want people to come back and buy from you, the same customers over and over and over again, then it can be super helpful or useful to engage people around them. Or if you really depend on referrals for ongoing business and you want people to engage and kind of fall in love with the product and you, so they refer you and kind of do your marketing for you. So if you want one of those two things, even with the physical product business, then this can be super helpful, even if you have no intention of creating an online course or program. Okay, so let's take both these paths. Normally, I'd get to a fork in the road and choose one or the other, but they're both so important. So I'm hoping we can cover both of these. And let's start with how you get people to continue engaging with you, buying your product over time. Yeah, so part of it is what happens after they buy. So a lot of people think that the most important moment in your relationship with a customer is the moment that they buy. And I actually believe that it's the moment after they buy. What do they do immediately with your product? So how could you have instructions, for example, that come with your product that might be fun and might be engaging or maybe even rewarding consumption and engagement? So, for example, let's say you sell jam, right? And just making that up, it could be all kinds of things. But let's say you sell jam. Most people are just going to go home and maybe they'll use the jam at some point. Maybe it'll sit in the pantry for a while. There's nothing else that really happens in that transaction. But what if you sell the jam and then you basically let people know that you have a creative jam contest? (laughs) I love this. (laughs) So, you know, if they can go home within a week and do something really unique or creative or use the jam in an innovative way, you feature monthly winners and you're going to kind of reward them by sending them a free month of jam, for example, right? So you have all these people going home and then doing really creative things with the jam and sending you pictures that you can then post on Instagram and they're inventing new recipes and submitting new recipes and maybe they're naming whatever their creation is. All of a sudden you have all this user contributed content around the jam that you just gave them. So what I like to say or the exercise I like to encourage people to think about is what happens in the hour or the day after they buy? How can you get them so excited to go home and use your product or do something with your product or share your product with a friend? That's going to start them on a very different journey with your product than if you just hand them the jam in a bag and say, you know, here you go. Thanks. Right. 
Yeah, what I'm thinking is it gives people a deeper experience and a deeper connection to your product. Because even if your jam is delicious and they use it, that additional experience is going to keep them top of mind and more integrated in. And I love your example. I know you just pulled it off the top of your head, but it's brilliant because showing winners, everybody likes to be shown and called out by name and possibly face and recipe or whatever it is. And I was just thinking that these ideas have legs because if there are different recipes that are posted, that could be merged into like a pamphlet that goes along with the jams. I mean, there could be a million extensions of just that one idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I can see you, obviously, your Instagram account would be full of this. You Mm -hmm. could create the artwork for your booth where you have all the pictures of these are my customers, my audience. This is how they're using the jam. These are their creative recipes. You could be having an email list where you get them on a list and you send them the monthly recipe of choice too. That's all user contributed content. So they get these ongoing recipes that may include jams that they haven't even bought yet so that they're going to want to buy so they can try this new recipe. So there's a lot of different things that you could do to encourage consumption of the jam and have people want to keep buying from you, no matter how delicious the jam is. Sometimes they're just like, oh, they just happen to see you at that particular fair and buy it as a one-off, but there's no reason for them to seek you out again. Right. Well, and I would also say, just since you brought that point up, you also want it to be the type of situation where you're not leaving it in their hands to seek you out. You have some type of a connection with them. Yes, You have to tell them exactly what the next step is. And that's a key to experience escalation because one of the principles is, well, there's 10 principles to experience escalation or things you want to do and 10 things you don't want to do. But one of the principles relates to bird's eye view, which you're actually showing them the path from mission to mission accomplished. So say the path for in this case, mission is basically an outcome. What's someone going to be able to do, be, feel, have, overcome, or achieve through using your product? And mission accomplished is what happens when they cross and realize that state. And you want it to be so clear and so specific that you could film someone crossing the finish line. So say the mission accomplished here in the jam is super simple. There's three things you can do with this jam. One is you let it sit in the pantry collecting dust. Two is you put it on bread, right? Like most people do with jam. Three, and this is really exciting, is that you create something unique with this jam. You create a new recipe, you use it on something that you never thought of using it before, and you share that with the community because we want to reward you for your creativity and feature your recipe, feature your jam creation alongside of ours. So I really wanted to invite you to get creative and to do something really unique and to take this jam out of the jar (laughs) and do something super special with it. So you're actually telling people what the mission is, right, is to use this jam in a unique way. You're telling them the exact next step. So my challenge to you is to sometime in the next seven days, use this in a really fresh and unique way and either upload it on Instagram and tag me at whatever, or just send it over to me. And I'm going to put you in the drawing or contest to win sort of jam creation of the month, right? And this is if you win it, your picture, your story is going to go out to my entire audience of jam connoisseurs, right? Right. (laughs) So it just changes things all of a sudden. Yeah, totally deepens the connection for sure. Right. It's also creating what I call a feedback loop, which is one of the principles and leveraging community, which is another principle. Will you share with us another example? Yeah. So let me actually give you an example of my friend, Shelly Brander, who's also started out as a maker. And Shelly created a online summit called Knit Stars. 
And Knit Stars features every single year some of the top people in the knitting industry to share some of their creations and things like that. So Shelly went from being a knitter to someone who actually has a seven-figure business around teaching other people how to knit. And a lot of the people she features, it's not even herself. It's really bringing the entire knitting community together around some of the knitting creations. So that's an example of every year she creates this really unique online adventure, like an online adventure for people in the knitting community. And usually knitting is hyper local, right? It's one of those things where you have a knitting circle, maybe, or the girlfriend that you like to knit with, and you're not tapped into this global audience of other people who are knitting. So this is an example of really leveraging community in a much bigger way and bringing a group of makers together who aren't normally made together. And it's also about kind of monetizing your knitting creations. So she's got a very clear mission for that summit and some of the follow-up products and things that she does in terms of helping people become a knit star, just like the guests that she's featuring. How do you go from being a knitter at home for fun to really becoming a knit star? So that would be an example of creating like a mission around what it is that you do. Okay, so in Shelly's situation, so she was a knitter. Was she also selling her knitted products or yarn or anything like that? Did she have a business first as a product? You know, she was a crafter in a lot of different ways. I'm not sure specifically if she was selling knitting or not, but she's kind of uh, was a hardcore crafter. So she went into the education side of things, really teaching other people how to build their knit businesses and knit patterns and that kind of thing. Okay, so this is a perfect segue. Now we're going to go back and go down the other fork of the road, okay? And I think this is something that's going to be really different to hear for some of our listeners. And that is, they've always been so busy making product, selling it at craft shows, maybe wholesale, but it's all around, the income is coming around selling product, selling something tangible in exchange for money. And you and I both see an opportunity, and some of our listeners understand this as well, but I want to get everyone on the same page here, that there's an extension of your product creation that can be monetized. And that is teaching people who are interested, maybe a portion of them are your customers, a portion of them might not be. They're interested in knowing the skill that you know through, just like you're showing with this example, Marisa, of Shelley, through some type of online training. So let's get into that a little bit. Can you expand on what I was just laying out? We'll hear Marisa's thoughts on this right after a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Yeah. So there's so many different things that you can teach when it comes to crafting. I mean, one of my coaches, a coach on our team, Don Crowther, actually supported his entire mortgage for a decade by selling patterns. And they were sewing patterns. I can't remember what it was sewing patterns for. It was for some kind of toy that was really big in the 80s. It was some kind of thing that they sold patterns for. And he literally paid for his entire mortgage for a decade selling these particular patterns. Wow. And so whatever it is that you do, whether you're on the peak of a trend, which is something that a lot of people want to be learning how to do, like a new kind of jewelry or a new kind of knitting or a new kind of sewing or new kind of woodworking, whatever it is, or on the business end of teaching people how to 
say, really master Etsy or YouTube or Instagram for crafters specifically, like going into that niche if you've done one of these things well, or even how to rock craft fairs, right? And kind of set up your booth so you know the exact positioning to have, you know uh, how to get the most sales, you know how to get the most follow-up sales. So there are all these skills related to becoming a professional crafter. And this is becoming a really big industry for so many people. A lot of up and coming generations love crafting and love crafting as a way of life, as a way of generating their full on income. So there's all of these skills that you have that you don't even realize you have that you've needed to not just create your craft, but to actually turn it into a business. And that's something that so many people, thousands, tens of thousands of people want to do. So if you figured out how to do something unique and you can basically teach other people how to do that then there's a way for you to diversify your revenue stream and be able to make money, not just from the physical product that you're selling, but from teaching people to do what you've done. Such huge opportunity. I completely agree with you, but I do know that there are a couple of objections that would come up. And one would be, it's been done before. People have shown how to start Etsy sites before or show how to exhibit and set up your craft show booth. So since it's already been done before, I can't do that. Every single thing that I can think of for myself has already been done. Well, hasn't almost every kind of jewelry been done, every kind of jam been done, every kind of candle been done, every kind of soap been done? When you really think about it, it's the same thing. So what's going to make your program, your course your online education, unique and different. It's the same thing as being a maker. You're just applying your creativity to a different context. So what I teach, my specialty of teaching people how to create online programs, there's a lot of other people who are doing it. But I created a really unique methodology for creating programs that kept people hooked on taking action and getting results and ultimately wanting to buy from you over and over again by combining things that someone else has not combined before. I combined gamification, I combined adult learning theory, I combined good old fashioned curriculum design into this really unique cocktail that meant I was teaching people how to create products in a really different way than other people were. So just like you would apply your creativity to making a unique version of the candle or the soap or whatever it is that you make, you would do the same thing with online education. So the topic and the result might be the same, but first off, and I'll say a lot of people who would buy from you are probably current customers, so they know you and already love you. So you have a connection with them already. And then combining something so that it sounds to me, Marisa, it's the experience that they would go through by taking your course that's unique. It can be a unique experience. It can also be a unique way that you bring together community. It can also be a unique methodology, something that you do that's different, a technique that you may have invented. There's a lot of creative techniques that you might invent that other people don't know how to do. I mean, my friend Ryan Levesque tells the story of, I think it was Scrabble necklaces. So for a while, Scrabble necklaces, where you use the Scrabble tiles, you cover them with different patterns and textures and make necklaces out of them. His wife was noticing this was a giant trend and they actually found someone who had just a crappy ebook teaching other people how to make Scrabble tile necklaces who was making something like thousands of dollars a month, five grand a month or something from a single PDF ebook teaching people this one crafting technique that was just happened to be trending at the time. And they said, well, her stuff isn't even very good. Why don't I do the same thing and just teach people how to do it better with videos and things like that? So they did. And they actually made some really good money for about a year on this particular thing while this kind of crafting was trending. Got it. Talk a little bit about gamification. 
Yeah. So the idea behind applying gamification, and a lot of people hear gamification and think it's not relevant to me because my product, it's not fun or whatever it happens to be, but it's really about applying game theory and game principles to non-game activities. And I've got clients who've got boring businesses such as financial planning, for example, or even businesses that are about trauma recovery that have been able to leverage gamification and the tools that I teach, which go way beyond gamification, just for the record. It's really what I call experience escalation, and that's one aspect of it. Here's the thing. If someone's going to get excited about a game or win a game, they've got to know what winning looks like. So you've got to actually have a winning state, which is what I call the mission accomplished. So you've got to get super clear on what winning looks like and what people are actually going to do, be, feel, have, overcome or achieve through your program. And then you show them the path from getting to accepting the mission to crossing the finish line of mission accomplished. And the gamification comes in by making sure that people feel like they're winning every single time they interact or engage with you. So for example, one of the things that I do, which is a little bit unique, is that every single time I offer any kind of training on anything, there's an action for someone to take, right? Instead of doing a lot of just generic information that gets people stuck in their head, I'm always giving them something actionable. So what's the action that they're going to take every single time they engage with me? So they might be able to check off watching a training, but they get like double the points for taking that action. So simply doing that and also understanding how do you structure actions to create unstoppable momentum. So usually I don't drop people in the deep end of the pool with the most boring stuff or the most challenging stuff. I ramp them up with very small, simple actions with small rewards to larger and larger, more complex actions and larger and larger rewards. So for example, When someone signs up for our Experience Product Masterclass program, rather than having them go in their inbox and get a login code and then log on to the membership site and then try to find their way to the membership site, right there in the confirmation page before they even have to go to their inbox, I get them started on their very first training. And that training is like about 19 minutes long. I call it the show me the money video. They very quickly win, which is they figure out their minimum, their target and their stretch goals for how much money they want to make from their product in the next 12 weeks of the program. And I give them formulas for how to set the goals based on being someone brand new to business, someone who's made some money and someone who's made a significant amount of money before. So instantly they already have a vision for how much money they want to create and generate in that time period of the program. I think and that it's achievable to them because if you're giving them that really small win right in the beginning traction's gotten started, right? Absolutely. They're moving forward, even if it's just the littlest step. And I'd say they're more committed already to the program. Absolutely. They've already got momentum. Very few programs give them that instant momentum. And that was kind of what I was talking about with some of the other crafting examples there is building that instant momentum as soon as they buy that has them want to go and start consuming the product. Or if it's online, you get them into consumption right away, right? Right. Let me get back to the objections real quick for a second. So the first one was it's already been done before. And I think we've taken care of that beautifully. (laughs) The second one is I don't want to share with anybody how I make my candles because I'm going to get copied. Yeah, well, the truth is you're probably going to get copied anyway. And the other truth is, is that there are something like eight or nine billion people in the world right now, right? And if you're selling something that's handmade, you're probably only able to sell it to your local market or a regional market. 
And so there's so many people around the world who are never going to be able to buy your candles just because you don't have the production capacity, you don't have the marketing capacity on your candles. So sharing that recipe, and if you are able to make an extra, let's just say $2,000 a month, let's just do something kind of reasonable, and you made an extra $24,000 a year, and you helped other people create their candle business, it wouldn't necessarily impact yours because you were going to have a different way of different fairs that you're at and a different web presence and a different way of marketing and selling what you do, but you have this whole other income and revenue stream coming in. So I tend to look at things from a perspective of abundance versus scarcity. Oh, absolutely. Love that you said that. I'm also thinking that if people start to see how intricate some of the products are that we make, yeah, they might get all the steps. They might try it once and then say, you know what? This is not something I want to do. I love the result. I love the product, but I don't want to do this. And that further invests them into your product because they know how hard it is to make. So then they just come back and purchase from you anyway. So one or the other scenarios could happen. Absolutely. It could absolutely happen. Yep. Such great information. I'm going to ask you for one more tidbit. <laughs> We've been talking about how you get people to buy over time. Can you share with us one more example of how that happens? We talked about the moment after they buy and what's the next step. But give us one more goodie. Yeah. So I like to really think about your product is your product does a certain thing. Ideally, if you're thinking about it as a trip or a journey, maybe the first product that you sell can get someone from LA to Joshua Tree, right? And your next product might get them from Joshua Tree to Ohio. So if you think about it as every product that you create, it's doing something for somebody, whether it's solving a problem or it's delivering an experience or it's delivering an outcome. And once they have that, they may have a new bigger problem or a new bigger outcome that they want. So you can keep selling products to people when they have an ongoing need for what you do. So if you want to think about your products in terms of both, A, how do you get people to engage right away so they're going to want to buy again? How do they know that they're winning the game? And then also showing them that there's a next step. Ideally, you have more than one product in your line. So you might have a bigger product down the road for them to invest in beyond the very first product. So sometimes when they hit mission accomplished, for example, with the jam example, if we go back there, how can you show them that now there's a new bigger opportunity? So say they bought the jam and they hit mission accomplished and they submitted, did something really, really creative with their jam. Now, maybe the next offer is a jam of the month club. And the jam of the month club is not just sending them the jam, but it's sending them creative recipes for that jam every single month. So for example, one of my friends had a tea company called Zena's Gypsy Tea. She sold the company and, you know, the company kind of went downhill after it was sold. But now she's created a brand new kind of team membership program where she takes a transformational leader, a thought leader, and she features them and she designs a special tea around them. And so they get the tea and it's beautifully packaged. And they also get this inspirational message from this thought leader. And so they're getting this package every month where it's combining personal development in tea. So instead of just doing a one-time tea purchase, she's getting them this ongoing kind of experience where they're getting these different kinds of teas and they're getting exposures to different thought leaders in the field of personal development and messages from them. And it comes with a complimentary training as well. So she's actually fusing online education with her tea product and it's doing super well. This is so great because we also 
often when we're posting things and we're talking about our business, it's so often just the focus on the product. And we all know we're not supposed to be just promoting our product all the time online. Promotion of your product should maybe be about 20% of the whole. And what you're talking about, Marisa, are great examples of how you can educate them, share experiences when you're involved in an audience, all of these different types of messages that you can put out, whether it's newsletters, social media posts, whatever it might be, that still gets eyes on your product, but in a direct way that remains valuable to your customer. Absolutely. And by partnering with all these thought leaders, they might want to share to their audience about being the featured tea of the month too, right? Yeah, for sure. There's just a lot of different ways to think about your product, new and different, like new contexts, different contexts, ways to understand that you can go beyond one-off sales and really look at the customer journey with you. And what does that look like? Right. Because the truth is, is that it takes a lot more work to get someone to buy from you for the first time than it does to get someone to buy from you for the second or third time. And the most successful businesses have very active repeat customer audiences. And so if you want to kind of take your business to the next level, finding out a way to turn one-time customers into repeat customers is absolutely essential because it cuts down your marketing budget. It cuts down all kinds of costs and allows you to focus more on just creating great product. Absolutely. And it's so much easier too. I mean, if you just think of one customer coming through, they come in the front door, they walk out the back door, they're gone, and you have to keep bringing in more people from the front door. Why not shut that back door, have people stay? You know, some people might leave over time, but that's another way to make your business grow. All right. So online courses, and I know that you are the expert, you teach how to do online courses. If someone's starting to think about this, what questions should they ask themselves to decide if it's a right fit or where should their thought pattern go next with this? Yeah, I think really the question is, what can you help someone do? What problem can you solve for them or what outcome can you deliver for them, which is something that they really want? And so I actually teach creating what I call mission-based products, which is products that allow people to overcome a specific problem or get a specific result. And I give a very specific template for doing that. I call it the Mission Possible template. And I actually borrowed it from the Mission Impossible movies. And it goes like this. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is blank. And using that template gets you out of the head of what you want to offer and into the shoes of your audience of what do they want to receive. So for example, with our Experience Product Masterclass, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to design, market, and make $2,000 or a whole lot more from an experienced product in 12 weeks or less. So it's very, very specific what someone's going to do and how they're going to benefit. So I recommend starting with, can you create a mission that other people will want to say yes to? And if the answer is yes, then you've got something. Is there a way to test that mission before you fully commit to it? Absolutely. Run it by a bunch of people and see if they're interested in it. And maybe not all your friends because they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I would run it by people like even at, say, if you're out there at a craft fair, run it by your buyers, for example. That would be a great place to start. I call this a chatterbox campaign that you actually try to sell it before you fully make the program. It doesn't mean you haven't thought about it. You haven't planned it. It just means you're testing the market to see if someone's actually going to pull out their wallet and want to buy before you commit a massive amount of time and energy on the program. And this is all part of your Experience Products Masterclass, correct? Yes, it is. Uh huh. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit more? You were just sharing the first part of it already, but do you want to expand on that for everybody? Sure thing. 
So really what I do is I help you understand the knowledge and the expertise that you have buried inside of you from a lifetime of being in this world and doing the things that you do. And how do you translate that into a product that whether it's one person engaging with or a few people or a whole lot of people that you have this other revenue stream? that you're able to sell something else, whether you want to apply these principles to what you're doing already to your physical products, or whether you want to create an online education or course or training program around it, whether you want to coach and mentor people privately to become crafters or whatever it happens to be, there's a lot of different ways that you can leverage your experience beyond what you're actually selling. So that's what I teach people how to do soup to nuts from choosing the idea and the topic all the way to creating whatever the offer is to launching it into the world, marketing it, making the money and then delivering on it. And so I teach that with the emphasis on creating a unique experience that's going to really engage your customers. So they're going to want to keep coming back to you and buying more and more and more. Wonderful. And if someone who's listening here is interested, where would they go to find more? Yeah, well, first of all, I created a kind of a checklist that includes all 10 core principles of experience escalation, or how do you get people hooked on your products in a good way and have them want to come back. So the 10 principles you want to stack into your products, if you want to create that excitement, and you want to create that experience escalation, I call it the viral product checklist. And also the 10 principles that you want to avoid if you don't want to send them, like have your products sit in the pantry or on the shelf or have people ignore them, overlook them, give up midway through. And I put that up at liveyourmessage.com forward slash gift biz, liveyourmessage.com forward slash gift biz. If you go there, you can download that for free. Love it. Thank you so much for that. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be doing that download for sure. And then that will lead into and extend into more information from you, correct? Absolutely, yes. Perfect. So such great information. I really appreciate all that you've shared with us. I think you've triggered some new thought patterns for some people here and some new potential and opportunity that exists around their product for growth of their business. What's coming up in the future for you? What do you see coming out like 12 months or past that for you? Well, my main commitment is to reinvent online education around the world. So engagement and results become the norm and not the exception. And so I'm motivated to grow my business to the next level and build an eight figure company because I know that when I have the resources and reach, I can really help to reinvent this industry in a much bigger way. And my vision is it kind of comes out to how I started dabbling in this. Like in the summer of 2016, I was watching these videos. It was when Pokemon Go came out. And I was watching videos of grown adults literally double parking their cars in the street in New York City to jump out and go chase after this little virtual rare Pokemon that spawns (laughs) spontaneously in Central Park. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I just had this vision of, can I get people that excited about their life goals and overcoming their challenge and achieving their biggest dreams in life that they would double park their cars and just run through the streets? And that's kind of the mission that I've been on ever since. And so I'm motivated to grow my company so I can help more people do that, whether they're just wanting to apply this to their own life goals or help other people achieve theirs. Because I think when people are on track in life and getting what they want and fulfilling their biggest hopes and dreams and expectations, I think that'll change the world. Yeah. And you know, what I've heard from you that kind of is an underlying tone throughout our whole conversation is the goal to not just get a product out, but to make sure that people see results. But with it is this positive energy and element of fun. This can be work. I think we can agree to that. 
but it can be a lot of fun in the process too. Oh yeah. And then on the very back end, when you're seeing results, it just wraps it all up into just this perfect experience. Yes, for sure. Love it. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your being on today, sharing these golden gems with us and the checklist. I'm going to make sure that a lot of people come and download that because it's going to be really valuable to them. So thanks again. I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. It was fun. Marisa has just given us a lot of ideas for how to accentuate the customer journey and in return ensure repeat business versus one-off sales. I encourage you to go back and listen again with pen and paper in hand and then take just one of these concepts or your version, your twist of it, and incorporate it into your business. What if even a quarter of your current business resulted in a repeat purchase? What would that do for your numbers? Think about it. Okay, moving on, we are right now headed into the middle of October and the holiday season is definitely upon us. With that comes huge potential to capture new customers. The best way to grab attention online is with the quality of your photography. Taking pictures that attract attention will help you sell your product, and that is the topic up next week. I can't wait for us to be together again then. Bye for now. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those of you who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.